locked in to Simple Man Sports. Lone Star. Another episode of Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I am your host, Dane Powell, and we are talking Texas sports only. Drama-free, no nonsense. That's the only sports coverage you're getting here. You can find us on YouTube, all the socials. Get us on your favorite podcast, whether Spotify, Apple, wherever you want to find it. But the easiest way to find it is at simplemansports.com. That's simplemansports.com. And we're going to be talking Cowboys, Texans. I don't know if you guys know it, but, uh, you know, there's been some World Series action. So we got to talk some Astros. Rangers, eh, not so much today, but Baylor, Longhorns, it's coming your way. It's Simple Man Sports Lone Star, Texas sports only. Had some Halloween action going on this past week. So we got to play a little bit of catch up. Hopefully, y'all got some bags and sacks full of candy and, I don't know, whatever you're using. Uh, what do they use there? Pillowcases, whatever. Hopefully, you, you, you got a haul, took it home. And uh, for the dads out there, always remember, check the kids' candy because there's criminals and terrible people out there. And also establish the dad tax. Got to have the dad tax on the kids' candy. That's how it goes down. You know, there's there's labor-intensive things going on checking candy. So, you know, you got to stay fueled up, blood sugar, good to go. Grab you a couple of snacks. Right now, we got to check out what Baylor has had going on. So, on the 29th, Baylor gets the win over Texas Tech, 45-17. to 17. Blake Shapin goes 19 for 30, 211 yards and one touchdown. Richard Reese at it again. Reese, sponsored by Reese's chocolate, peanut butter, delicious. It has been found in every bag of every child that went out and did some Halloween hunting. Reese, 36 carries, 148 yards and three touchdowns. Quaylen Jones had himself eight carries for 38 and found the end zone. And Shapin took off 10 times for another 30 yards. On the receiving side of things, Gavin Holmes, five receptions, 77 yards, 15.4 yard average. Then Hal Presley, four receptions, 58 yards and a touchdown. And the defense showed up to play. Look, it may be easier to tell you who didn't get an interception. I got Al Walcott, Devin Lemire, A.J. McCarty, Mark Milton. All of them got their hands on the ball. Turnovers for each one of them fellas. Big game for Baylor against the Red Raiders. Now, yesterday... The Bears went up against the Oklahoma Sooners, who were sitting at five and three. Blake Shapin went 14 for 23 for 102 yards and an interception. But the story of the day was Craig Williams, 25 carries, 192 yards, 
and two trips to the end zone. Big day for Williams. Quaylen Jones added another nine carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Neighbors, three for 33 and a touchdown. Richard Reese, four carries, seven yards, got himself into the end zone, but he left early to go to the locker room. Now, from what I'm hearing, there is some type of flu bug or something of that nature, some type of illness going on in the locker room, going on around the team. So coach said that's why uh, Reese was limited. Hey, it's all right. Gave Craig Williams a chance to shine. Like I said, Craig Williams, 192 and two trips to the end zone. Good day for you. Great day for Baylor because they walked away with the win, 38-35. Josh Cameron, five receptions for 72 yards. Hal Presley added another four for 34 yards. And turnovers is probably what made the difference for the Bears today. Dylan Doyle with an interception. Devin Lemire got himself an interception, and so did Christian Morgan. Garmin Randolph ended up in the backfield getting himself a sack for the day. After a 38-35 victory, Baylor moves to 6-3, and three, and the Sooners are sitting at 5-4. and four. Baylor is now sitting in third in the Big 12 behind TCU, who still is undefeated at 9-0 overall, 6-0 in the conference. And just ahead of them in the two slot are the Texas Longhorns. That's right. UT is now in the second spot in the Big 12. Now, you're probably like, whoa, what, a, what happened to Kansas State? What's, what's up with them? Well, I'll tell you what's up with them. The Longhorns handled them. UT goes to Kansas State and takes out the number 13 Wildcats, 34 to 27. Moves them to six and three on the season. Quinn Ewers, 18 for 31, 197 yards and two touchdowns. Clean game for him, no turnovers, looked good. But it was all number five. Bajan Robinson, 30 carries. 209 yards and a touchdown. Those are, hey, those are Derrick Henry numbers there. That was a monstrous game by Bajan Robinson. Roshan Johnson added another seven carries for 62 and a touchdown. Xavier Worthy was the only receiver to find the end zone, and he did it twice, had four receptions for 42 yards. Jatavian Sanders led the team in receptions with five for 54 yards defense stayed active with Jalen Ford catching an interception Keandre Coburn and Baron Sorrell both ended up in the backfield with a QB in the dirt the Longhorns came out hot and laid it on thick putting up 31 in the first half coming out of the locker room though they slowed up and Kansas State tried to make their comeback they put up seven in the third and another 10 in the fourth, bringing them to 27. While Burt Auburn put up another three. He was perfect on the day, two for two with a long of 29, 10 points from the leg of Auburn. Texas put themselves in a good position with three games remaining on the schedule. They're going to have their work cut out for them as they go up against the undefeated Horned Frogs. That's right. TCU is coming to Austin. 
So the Longhorns will look to play spoiler next week at home. You're listening to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I'm your host, Dane Powell. Stick around because we've got more on the other side. All right, NFL, let's talk some Houston Texans. So we left off. Texans went up against the Raiders, went pretty much how I expected. They took an L38 to 20. That was on October 23rd. But this past Sunday, they went up against the Tennessee Titans. Now, Ryan Tannehill did not play in this game, but it didn't make a whole lot of difference for the Titans because even with Malik Willis back there, he only made 10 passing attempts. I think there was only one passing attempt in the second half reason being for that is because they had Houston's kryptonite running the ball down their throat 32 carries for 219 yards and two touchdowns it's a 6.8 yard average it doesn't it doesn't even matter what the average is 219 yards Derrick Henry does this to the Texans all the time constantly just guts them. You would think they would figure out some way to stop this dude at this point, but he just keeps gashing him. All of his best career days have come against the Texans. And then Dontrell Hilliard adds another eight for another 83 yards, and he has a 10.4-yard average on the day. So Texans run defense, not great. Davis Mills, not great. 17 for 29, 152 yards, one touchdown, one interception, just about as mediocre as they get, which is all the more reason I believe that the Texans will be drafting a QB in this year's draft. I mean, honestly, they have to, in my opinion. I know they like Mills, but Mills is looking like a backup to me. He's he's the Gardner Minshew of, of Texas the the chase daniels but hey the kid will get paid he's still you know an nfl qb i just don't know that he is a starting caliber qb and i don't know that he is the answer moving forward for them but i think they may have found their running back because damian pierce is an animal now he didn't do great against the titans only went 15 for 35 but take this game away, and he has been solid all year. Damian Pierce looking like a bright spot in the Texans' offense. Brandon Cooks had four receptions for 73 yards. Good day for Cooks. It's what he's supposed to do. It's why he got picked up. But I don't know how long he's going to be here. He has shown his disdain. Uh, his desire to leave, his desire to be traded at the trade deadline, which did not happen. So it's time for him to get back to work for the Texans or ride the pine. I don't, you know, sit on the bench, I guess. But Brandon Cooks, solid wide receiver, decent day from him. OJ Howard had two receptions, 24 yards. Damian Pierce comes up with the only touchdown of the day three receptions 16 yards and one touchdown 
So again, a solid day for Pierce, even though he didn't have a whole lot going on on the ground. And then you had Fairbairn kick one in from 43 yards out, and he put the extra point up. So four points from him on the day. Texans end up losing this one 17 to 10. You would think with the yardage that Henry got that it would be nastier separation than that bigger spread, but Titans not doing a whole lot either. Thought this was one that maybe the Texans could take. Didn't pan out that way. Now, short week for the Texans. They slid in for this week's Thursday night football game. They went up against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, and they came out hot. They went blow for blow with the Eagles. They put up 14 on them by the half. Half it was tied 14-14. Mills had 13 for 22, 154 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Not great, but like I said, mediocre, middle of the road. You take those interceptions away, be a decent day for Mills, but you can't you can't do a whole lot when you don't have the ball in your hands. So it was probably a good idea that he kept handing it to Damian Pierce for 27 carries, 139 yards. Pierce gashed the Eagles, ran all over them. Great day from him. Philip Dorsett was your leading receiver for the day. Three for 69 yards, 23-yard average. So he was, wasn't was hooking up a lot, but when they did, they were good-sized plays. Chris Moore put another four for 43, and he saw the end zone. Now, you might be asking yourself, what about Brandon Cooks? What his stat line looked like? How was his day? Well, he didn't have a day. He didn't play. Coach's decision. Sitting on the bench, he didn't show up for practice. Lovey Smith wasn't going to play him. That's just what it is. He wanted to be traded. Didn't didn't happen at the trade deadline. Uh, this just, I guess, was kind of him showing his uh, disapproval of his spot there on the Texans. Now, Cooks is going to have to find his way back into the good graces of Lovey Smith and the rest of the Texans. But despite coming out hot, despite Damian Pierce having 139 yards, the Eagles stay undefeated. They shut down the Texans pretty much for the rest of the game. Turnovers became a factor. It looked promising there for a minute, but the Eagles ended up having their number. So the Texans moved to 1-6-1 and on the season. Next Sunday, they will be going to New York to face off against the Giants. Giants are pretty hot. Barkley looks like he's back to his normal explosive self. So the Texans got their work cut out for them. Hopefully they can get some things figured out before next Sunday. And then we have the Dallas Cowboys. They went up against the Bears on the 30th of October. Dak Prescott back to his normal self, 21 for 27, 250 yards and two touchdowns. He also had an interception. The Cowboys just kept piling on points, 49-29. I mean, they scored 14 points in every quarter except the fourth, and they had seven in the fourth, so... It was all Cowboys all day. My favorite part of the day was that Tony Pollard got all the action. 14 carries, 131 yards, and three 
touchdowns. Tony Pollard destroyed him. That's what happens when you put the more explosive back in the starting lineup. Ezekiel didn't play, so Pollard got all the opportunities. And with a 9.4 average, he certainly capitalized on him. Three trips to the end zone. CeeDee Lamb, five receptions, 77 yards, one touchdown. Dalton Schultz showing back up a little bit. Six receptions, 74 yards. I figured we'd kind of see Schultz kind of start spiking again. His production's going to increase some more. He's got Dak back, so... They have a great connection. Things should look good for him moving forward. Michael Gallup had four for 49. So he's starting to wake up a little bit. You're going to have to watch the Cowboys now. They uh, Obviously, they didn't have the greatest start to the season, but it wasn't bad either. Cooper Rush kept them in there. And, uh, you know, they're right there in the NFC. It's just apparently the Eagles can't lose yet this year. But uh, Dallas takes care of business at home. And I don't got much to report for you on them this week because they're on a bye. I saw Dak and CD messing with them fellas on Thursday night football. But other than that, they will be back to action on the 13th against the Packers. They're going to Lambeau. I don't see Rodgers getting a whole lot accomplished. I mean, even if he gets Lazard back, I've got to see something from him. It just hasn't been good for Rodgers this year. So. As long as the Cowboys don't go in there underestimating nobody, then uh, it should be a decent day for them. Don't go anywhere. We've got more action for you on the other side here on Simple Man Sports Lone Star. Welcome back to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. We are talking Texas sports only. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, but there's been a World Series going down. It's been Astros, Phillies, and we are going to recap some of what's been happening. It got started with a game one in Houston. On the mound for the Phillies was Aaron Nola, one of their aces. Uh, I think the other one's uh, Wheeler. And for the Strohs, Burlander steps up. For another appearance, this is this is also now Dusty Baker becomes the oldest manager to ever get into the World Series. Everyone pumped up, obviously, down there in Minute Maid Park. It starts with Kyle Tucker in the second inning. He lifts one, takes it out to right, home run. I think Aaron Nola starts getting a little shook at this point. Either that or Kyle Tucker's got his number. But Tucker gets the uh, scoring start in there. And then Maldonado follows it up with an RBI single. So it's 2-0 Astros going into the third. Now, like I said, I don't know if Nola got shook. Not, not really sure if maybe just Tucker has his number. But in the third, Kyle Tucker hits a three-run bomb into the bullpen to put the Astros up 5 to nothing. After that bomb... Tucker actually becomes the first Astros player to hit multiple home runs in a World Series game. Now, for those that aren't aware, Verlander had never had a win in the World Series, and it started getting rough for him here in the fourth. Started off with Nick Castellanos from the Phillies, RBI, puts him up, puts a score of 5-1. to one. 
with Harper and Castellanos on base. Alec Bohm steps up, sends one in the left, two-run double, 5-3 heading into the fifth. No more scoring for Houston. And then by the fifth inning, the game ends up tied when JT Realmuto, catcher for the Phillies, sends one in the middle left, runner score, 5-5, top of the fifth. Not a great day for Verlander. No scoring, goes to the ninth. Castellanos makes a huge play in right field, sends the game into extra innings. Then JT Realmuto again comes up and does some damage, hits the go-ahead homer, puts the Phillies up 6-5, and eventually the Astros take the first loss of the series at home. Next up, game two, Phillies got a 1-0 lead in the series, and the Astros get the scoring started early. They put up three in the first inning against Philly's other ace, Zach Wheeler. Not a great game for him. Three runs in the first. Meanwhile, Valdez dealing some filthy stuff, keeping the Phillies scoreless. And then Alex Bregman comes in and gets a two-run homer in the bottom of the fifth, sends it to middle center. That was his sixth career World Series homer. Valdez keeps dealing, keeps the Phillies scoreless through six and a third. Then in the seventh inning, the Phillies finally get on the board. Sack fly from Gene Segura brings it to 5-1, Houston on top. Phillies end up getting another point on the board from an error at first, but Presley comes in to seal the win. Stroh's win, 5-2. Game three goes back to Philly. Series tied up, 1-1. Game three, everyone's pumped up. It's postponed. Bad weather. Got to wait another day. Dusty Baker, Rob Thompson, get an extra day, make some adjustments, lineups, pitching, whatever works for them. McCullers ends up on the mound for Houston, and it does not go well for him. Bryce Harper and the Phillies get the scoring started with a home run, puts the Phillies up 2-0. Ranger Suarez on the mound, dealing some pretty nasty stuff himself. Second inning, Alec Bohm. Hits a solo shot, is actually the 1,000th home run in World Series history. Couple bats later, another solo home run from Brandon Marsh. Phillies go up 4-0 in the second. Ranger Suarez keeps the Astros scoreless through five, getting four Ks on the way there. In the fifth, McCullers gives up another home run. Kyle Schwarber, two-run shot. Dead center, 400-plus feet, Phillies up 6 nothing. I'm not even sure that their first two hitters had a chance to get back in the dugout before McCullers gives up another jack to Reese Hoskins. Phillies up 7 nothing. bottom of the fifth. Phillies end up being the first team in World Series history to hit five home runs in the first five innings which made McCullers the first pitcher to allow five home runs in a postseason game. Not a lot of action from there. Phillies bullpen keeps the Strohs under control. Phillies seal the victory seven to nothing and go up in the series two to one. Game four, still in Philly, Citizens Bank Park. Aaron Nola for the Phillies on the mound. Christian Javier dealing for the Astros. And this is a pitcher's duel. 
through half of the game. No scoring, just filthy nastiness off of the mound from both sides. But that only continues until the fifth. Strohs are the first on the board actually doing it with an RBI hit by pitch. Jordan Alvarez hit by a pitch, sends the first run in. Astros up one nothing in the fifth. Alex Bregman steps up to the plate, sends one out to right, brings two more in. That gets followed up by Kyle Tucker. Sack fly. Houston's up 4 nothing. Then Yuli Gurriel, RBI single. Astros up 5 nothing in the fifth. Christian Javier keeps the Phillies scoreless. Six innings, nine strikeouts. Javier does his part in Philadelphia. Houston then proceeds to bring out Abreu, Montero, and Presley to combine for the third no-hitter in postseason history. Only the second no-hitter in World Series history. Astros take one on the road and tie the series up 2-2. Game five in Philadelphia. Justin Verlander back on the mound, going up against Noah Syndergaard. Thor, big dude, blonde locks. Names irrelevant. Jeremy Pena gets the scoring for the Strohs started in the first. RBI single, Strohs up one. Philadelphia ties it back up off the bat of Kyle Schwarber. Solo shot, barely makes it out to right. Just fair. And then Verlander gets back to business. Now we go to the top of the fourth where Jeremy Pena hits a solo shot out to left. This kid's accolades just keep adding up. It's it's ridiculous. Great year for the rookie. Houston up 2-1 to one in the fourth. Tight game. Verlander gets him through five. He's got six strikeouts on the day. Both teams pretty quiet. Take it into the seventh where things get a little bit sketchy. Gurriel gets caught up in a rundown, actually ends up hurting himself uh, between uh, third and home. Gets tagged out, but takes him a minute to get back up. Moving into the eighth, Houston puts another one on the board. Jordan Alvarez, RBI ground out. Altuve comes across the plate. Then the Phillies answer back in the bottom of the eighth. Gene Segura, RBI single. Castellanos scores a run for him. But the Strohs shut down the Phillies' rally with a crazy play from Trey Mancini, covering down at first for Gurriel, who left the game injured. But Philadelphia just doesn't quit. They keep coming, make things tight in the ninth, and Chaz McCormick makes a crazy catch out in right center off the bat of JT Real Muto. It looked like it was gone, or at least a double. Huge catch by McCormick. Ryan Presley goes on to finish off the Phillies. Houston wins 3-2. to two. They go up 3-2 to two in the series. And then they head back to Houston. Game 6, Astros, Phillies in Houston. Astros leads the series 3-2. to two. Phillies hoping to get a win and send it into a Game 7. Wheeler on the mound for the Phillies. Valdez on the mound for the Strohs. Both teams keeping each other quiet through five. Little bit of base action, but nothing crosses home plate. That streak stops in the sixth when Kyle Schwarber sends one over the fence into right. 
puts the Phillies up one to nothing. But the Astros answer back quickly. Jordan Alvarez hits a three-run jack against Jose Alvarado. Now, Jose Alvarado has been giving up runs left and right for the Phillies, and this was no different. Alvarez gets the go-ahead in the sixth. Stroh's up 3-1. Phillies bring in Sir Anthony Dominguez. But it doesn't matter because the Strohs get another run on the board from Christian Vasquez's RBI single. Great defense from Bregman. Abreu comes in for the Astros to handle the eighth. Ninth inning, Astros are looking for three more outs. JT Realmuto gets on first with a single and brings up their big guy, Bryce Harper. But it does not matter. Ryan Presley finishes it out. Astros take game six, and they are your 2022 World Series champions. Now, a couple of side notes here. Dusty Baker has done everything that you could possibly do in the game of baseball at 73 years old. But now he's got that ring as a manager. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff about this World Series. Everything from pitchers with substances to to people leaning in and people using funky bats. And you'll you'll have to go elsewhere to, to get all that. But what I can tell you is that the Astros have just won their second World Series in club history. Now, whether or not you want to count 2017 is up to you. But this World Series should not have an asterisk next to it. So the Astros will take home this year's trophy and this year's MVP trophy for the World Series goes to Jeremy Pena. What a series for that dude. He is the first rookie shortstop to win a gold glove award and a postseason series MVP award. He's the first rookie shortstop to hit a homer in the World Series. And now he can add a World Series MVP trophy to his collection. Dusty Baker and the Astros are your World Series champions. Congratulations, Houston. That's going to do it for us today here on Simple Man Sports Lone Star. We talk Texas sports only. And remember, you can find us on all the socials, YouTube, wherever you find your favorite podcast. But it's always easiest to just go to simplemansports.com. I'm your host, Dane Powell, and this has been another episode of Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. Lone Star.